I feel bad about how low quality the episode prior to this one, excuse me, I thought I was going to sneeze there, no, uh, because, um, and why I feel bad is because when you put something on the internet, it uses a lot of carbon. Just putting something on the internet is you or me being bad for the environment. So if you're going to put something on, on the internet, make it high quality. Otherwise you should feel bad. And I feel bad about that previous episode because it was a load of rubbish, a waste of space on the internet and a waste of carbon emissions. All right, so um, with this episode, I thought I'd go higher quality and, um, and, be, and I thought I'd be more sensible because that was nonsense, that previous episode, that was nonsense. Uh, but I thought I'd be sensible this time and I actually mean it. I'm going to try and be sensible and often I'm not. And you know that, Charlie. G'day, Charlie. My only, my only viewer. Um, all right, now, um, sensible. Well, I was thinking about my fellow activists and um, I saw something flip through on my newsfeed today that made me think we've got to support each other, we activists, um, have each other's backs. And, um, and the reason I thought this, and I've, I've had this thought sort of vaguely for a while, uh, some teenagers, entrepreneurial uh, teenagers, have redesigned the deck of cards, playing cards. You know, ace, king, queen, jack, and all that, and joker. Ten, nine, eight. A U.S. forces given on. Ten, nine, eight. In joke. All right. Now, um. So, uh, and they've redesigned it because, and, and initially they redesigned it because they were looking for gender equality. Now, the fact that these teenagers uh, even, you know, wanted to make things better uh, is a good thing, I think, and we should get behind them and not smash them. Because you could smash them because, um, you know, uh, what they did was they changed the king in the, in the deck of cards to the monarch. So they actually had these printed, you know. Um, and they had the queen changed to, well, the letter D, um, which denominated <laughs> um, um, it, it could mean Duke or Duchess you see that's gender equal and they um, changed the Jack to the letter P so instead of a J on the card it was the letter P which was allowed to mean Prince or Princess all right so the three letters instead of K Q J King Queen Jack, you now had M D P gender neutral. All right. 
So that's good. Um, but then, you know, at that moment in time when they released that new deck of cards, the characters were all white, still. Like your normal um, deck of cards, you know. So, um, you could have smashed them at that point in time and said, oh, you know, um, you're still, um, you're racist, you know, because, yeah, you, you, all right, you care about your gender stuff, um, but you're still perpetuating the whole um, race thing, you know. And, uh, but to their credit, these teenagers, and this is where I want to get behind them, to their credit, um, I think maybe they were prompted by someone or maybe they, the light bulb went off in their own heads. Um, to their credit, um, their second version of the cards, they printed another one, and the second one had, you know, a mixture of races, I suppose. Um, they had some brown monarchs of both genders. And they had some brown princes and princesses. I don't know. I haven't seen. I I didn't actually see this. I just um, I just saw the article. So I'll presume that there were some Asians there, and you know probably some Indigenous Australian kings, which would be a bit odd, wouldn't it? Yeah. But anyway, um, because that's not part of their culture to have kings and queens, which actually is going to bring me to the next bit of the thing I want to say. But now at this point in time, those teenagers, and they're only teenagers, remember. They've taken two steps in the direction of being, of pushing society forward and being better people themselves. You know, and they're doing it a lot earlier than I did at their age. Yeah. All right. So I think we should get behind them instead of smashing them because you could easily smash them. Um, but the point is, they're they're um, in the vanguard. You know, they're like Napoleon riding over that bridge. Um, with a hail of arrows coming towards him, and he's out the front leading the charge. And Napoleon was congratulated for that, and these teenagers should be congratulated for actually pushing us forward, pushing forward. You know, they're probably going to move on to chess next and do something about that king and that queen and the status of the bishops compared to the pawns and all that sort of stuff, you know? And the knights, you know? That's all outdated. Um... But the thing about the second deck of playing cards that these teenagers made is that um, that deck of cards still perpetuates um, unequal political, uh, you know, socioeconomic and, you know, economic uh, social structures and all that sort of stuff, you know, um, because we don't like the royalty. You know, we could learn a lot from the Indigenous Australians. Why do you need a royalty? Yeah. So they've put out this second deck of cards, and what you've got is monarchs. All right, that's all right. That's gender neutral. And some are brown and some are Asian, no doubt. And, you know, some are Inuit, quite possibly. And some might even be French, you know. Um, so, and yeah, no doubt some African ones too. Um, but... What you've got here with this second second deck of cards, and no doubt, look, I'm sure they'll bring out a third deck of cards. Maybe they will, maybe they won't, and they should, I think, um, because they'll the light bulb will go off again. You know, because they're clearly activist-minded. These teenagers, they've they're doing, you know, they're um, setting off on the journey. You know, not just sitting back waiting for other people to do the thinking. 
And then coming in right at the end and saying, oh, I'm a really good person because I believe in all the stuff that all these other people thought about, you know. Um, there's a lot of people do that, you know. Oh, I'm against slavery, you know. I came up with it, you know. I sat under a tree like Buddha for 40 days and 40 nights and I came up with that all by myself, you know. Bullshit. <laughs> you came up with that because of the French Revolution and a whole lot of other Enlightenment thinkers thinking about all this stuff. Sort of, you know, you, you didn't come up with that. You would never have come up with that by yourself. You just waited for everyone else to think about it, come up with the idea of, you know, anti-slavery, you know. Um, you know, because before all that, everyone believed in slavery, even the slaves. They just didn't want to be the slaves. They wanted to be the masters, but they still believed in slavery. You know, you don't want to be like a Martin Luther King or something and just sit back waiting for everyone else to have the thoughts, you know. Oh, I just had a really good idea, says, you know, whoever it was, Wilberforce or whoever it was, you know, and, um, John Wesley and all these sorts of people, you know, and all the French people and all these other people. And even before then, the, the people that set them on the path, because they were standing on the shoulders of giants too, you know, all the way back to Billy Ray Cyrus, you know, Cyrus the Great, you know. Um, Cyrus, you know, he set the slaves free. I don't know whether he was um, trying to get rid of slavery as an institution. There's precious few records about that. But he did do a lot of set the slaves free sort of stuff, and he became a messiah. Because of that, good on him. He's in the Bible all over the joint at church. I keep hearing about him. Yeah, good bloke. Yeah, and that, you know, he's part of white history. Yeah, Cyrus the Great. Um, it's not all about white history, you know. There's like Indigenous Australians; they didn't even get into all of that slavery stuff, you know. Um, so they got ahead of us before they even started being like us. I'm glad they never got to be like us. Uh, not much anyway. They really haven't, you know. Anyway, look, it's a long... Activism takes a long time. But um, what I think is... Um, you shouldn't smash the people who are the stepping stones in the right direction. You know, the people... There are people who... Because you're at point A. Where everyone in the world, the known world, in your... You know, let's say the Western world. Um, and sorry for calling Cyrus the Great a white man. Yeah. But he was an Aryan, I think, because he came from Iran, didn't he? Um, but, um, what's it? There's no such thing as Aryans. You know, it's a linguistic thing. <laughs> no, I've got no idea about any of that. Anyway, look, point is, um, these people are really good people. You know, like Cyrus the Great and other people along the way. Wish I could think of one other. <laughs> Did you just go, Cyrus the Great, yeah? Set the slaves free, and then nothing, 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 nothing. and then John Wesley, <laughs> and then Wilberforce, yeah, and then Martin Luther King. Yeah, I'm sure there were a few people in between. Mm. But um, even these Enlightenment thinkers, see, so you've got to get, you've got to have the backs of the people who are taking us from point A to point Z. Yeah, you know, to get to from point A to point Z, you've got to get to point B first. C, D, E, F, G. You know, and some of these people, like Wesley, for example, he's at point you know, F. You know, he was standing on the shoulders of giants, and he got us to point F and said, hey, everyone should be free, but not women. You know, I don't think he dealt with women very well. And this was a criticism of the early Enlightenment thinkers. What's his name? One of the French ones, one of the Frenchies. Um, Start with this. Really famous. I can't. I can never remember them all. You know who they are. 
um, Sartre? Yeah. Um, I don't know which one it was. Um, Jean-Paul Sartre? Did I get that right? Um, anyway, yeah, there were a few guys like that who were saying, oh, all men should be equal, you know? And, um, and what they were doing, they were moving us out of that sort of chimpanzee-like state uh, that we were in prior, where we had the head chimpanzee, the head of the clan, you know, the king, <laughs> the queen, you know, because, you know, that's a primitive system where you've got a king and a queen, you know, um, you know, that is appointed by God because, you know, God appointed kings and queens. That's birthright stuff, isn't it? You know, so that's bad, all right. And that's the problem with the playing cards. All right. But the teens that invented those playing cards haven't switched on to all of that sort of stuff yet. Um, uh, maybe the next pack of cards, you know, they'll, they'll develop one of those. I was thinking um, there should be, an, you know, it should be done along Olympic Games lines. Instead of a King, Queen, Jack, you know, or a monarch, whatever it was, Duke, Duchess, you know, Prince, Princess, uh, you could have gold medalist, silver medalist, and a bronze medalist, and, you know, it'd be a really good um, uh, marketing thing, really. You could have all the gold medalists through history, all sorts of cultures, you know, you could have Ethiopian bloody um, Olympic runners and Kenyans, you know, you could have Australian and um, Australian swimmers, because <laughs> we're the best. <laughs> Uh, you know, because I think we Africans, we've got um, too much muscle mass to be good swimmers. Is that a myth? Uh, because I'm one of those, um, and I mean it, I'm not joking. Um, I uh, sink, you know, if I don't keep swimming, well, I'm like a shark, I start to sink to the bottom. If I, um, if I just try and float, uh, you're like, oh, I can float, you know, that makes me really smart, you know, but so can boats and they're pretty stupid but the point is if I just lie on top of the water my legs start to go down and I start to sink you know so I could never be a long distance um, swimmer you know because it takes me a little bit more energy to keep swimming you know can't do it um for like yeah short distance I'm okay um this uh, that might be a myth you know, why we don't see, it might be opportunity, you know, not enough swimming pools in black neighbourhoods in America or something, which is the reason why there's not so many long distance, um, dark skinned, is skin related to muscle mass? I've got no idea. There'd be people with dark skin from all over, different places in the world, wouldn't there? Some with more muscle mass and some with less, and there'd be light skinned colours like people me, like me, who've got muscle mass, like I've got, well... I wish. Anyway, what I'm getting at is we need to get behind our activists along the way. The points, the people who are at point B, C, D, E. Yeah, because you start at A, where you're at a sort of primitive level of thinking. You tend to B when you're a human. And then, you know, you go, ah, oh, light bulb, light bulb, light bulb, and you go B, C, D, E, F. And anyone who's at point F, what you get is you get these people at the point A and you get all these really good people, activists, I call them, at B, C, D, E, F. See, there was one, um, and, and these people at point A, they just sit back and don't say anything and they let these people at B, C, D, E and F take the heat because 
person B will say, oh, what about making a deck of cards? You know, that is gender neutral. You know, and these people that weren't going to do anything, they were just going to sit back and let other people do the hard work, you know. Those people at point A, they just sit back with a squeaky chair like that. And they just wait, you know. And then these people at point B cop a heap of flack because they made their cards gender neutral, but they didn't make them um, racially um, diverse, you know. So then those people with the cards oh, quickly print up a whole lot of others. And then you've got, you know, every shade between black, brown, and yellow, and red as um, marks. I actually think that's problematic, you know, because how could you put an Indigenous king in there? Because Indigenous people are not into kings, and I mean Indigenous Australians. All right, that's a whole other thing. But the point is, then, you know, these teenagers, you, I think we should say, well done, boys and girls and neutrals, whatever you are. Uh, it doesn't matter. But what you do, you, you encourage these young people, is what I think, and I really do think that. And don't smash them. Um, because I reckon within six months, they will come out with a new set of playing cards that might be Olympic playing cards. And the the experience of playing Yuka will not be spoiled if instead of a king, queen and jack, you know, or the experience of playing 500 or whatever you like to play, <laughs> um, pontoon, um, will not be ruined, but if, if the king becomes a gold medalist at the Olympics, in the Paralympics maybe, you know, whatever, or and the queen becomes a silver medalist, and um, and the jack becomes a bronze medalist, you know. You might even think of something else, you know, um, for that, you know. You might even have three animals, you know, if you want to just really be careful, and you could have an eagle as the king, or the king, or you have a lion, you know. And, and or a lioness, you have a monarch of the jungle, yeah, um, like a lion and a lioness. All right, and then next level down, whatever comes next in the jungle. How does it work in the jungle? If, if the, if the lion is the king of the jungle, who's the duke of the jungle? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's the hyena. All right, you could have the hyenas, but they could be the jokers, yeah. And um, and then you know it could be the eagle. Could be the next level down. You have eagle cards instead of the queen, and then for um, the next level, you could have humans, you know, as the jacks. All right, um, or you know, bonobos, <laughs> bonobos. No. I think I'm onto something sensible, but the point is. I'm taking too long to say it because that's the way I like to say things. Why say why why take ten words to say something when one thousand will suffice? That's my um, that's my philosophy. <laughs> um, right. So I think um, and I think this goes for all activism. We need to encourage the people along the way. So, all right. I don't know if it was Sartre or not, but someone, all those Enlightenment thinkers way back when were exploring ideas of egalitarianism, you know, like the French flag, you know, liberté, égalité, fraternité. All right, now that's not, that's very male, you know what I mean? Now, these days, I think they get criticised. Even in those days, they got criticised. I forget her name, but there was a famous feminist, really the first great feminist, um, names on the 
not quite on the tip of my tongue. Um, but uh, whatever her name was, she she said, "Listen, all you Enlightenment thinkers back in France." Um, she said, "Listen," and I think she, she no, she was definitely she was English, and she said, um, "You just talked about egalitarianism and all that sort of stuff. All right, I get that. You know, all men shall be equal. What about women? You know, can I use your logic to?" promote the cause of women, you know, feminism, equality of women, you know. But hers was a nascent um, movement sort of idea, all that sort of stuff, I think, you know. But then she was on the right track, you know. Um, and then that developed into, you know, whatever they call them, you know. I don't know if it's like coronavirus or something, a second wave of feminism and a third wave of feminism and all that sort of stuff. But, but she was the first wave of feminism, you know, because she said, can you hear yourself? You know, because these Enlightenment thinkers that were going for equality of all men, even, you know, um, where a French man is equal to a um, uh, an Algerian African man, you know, I don't know if they got that far, but they were moving in that direction and we should get behind them. So the very first people, look, I'm sure they were still locked in their social constructions and all that sort of stuff to a large extent. They weren't... They had no chance of getting from A to Z in one hit. And a lot of people these days expect that they should have, you know, and they criticise them and smash them and say, oh, you know, great Enlightenment thinkers, um, they were still as misogynistic as hell, as hell. You know, sure, they were going for rights of man and fraternity, you know, but what about cisternity? Is that a word? You know, and it's true, those early Enlightenment thinkers they were looking for egalitarianism amongst men. Women were still second-class citizens. Yeah. So they were more batting for even, let's say, um, uh, well, I don't know, African males, but they weren't, you know, to be not slaves anymore and all that sort of stuff. You know, that was a push in England. Um, but they they were silent on the question of women being slaves within the household, you know, as um, as um, John Lennon said, you know, a woman is the nigger of the world and, and um, the N-word of the world, you know. Um, and yet, you, uh, you know, uh, the N-word is a bad word to say. And yet, you can go on Spotify right now and look up woman is the nigger of the world. Um, famous song by John Lennon. How come that's allowed up there? Um, there's nuance in all of this. You're not allowed to say the N-word unless you're allowed to say the N-word, it would appear. How come John Lennon gets to say it? Don't know. I actually don't know the answer to that. But it's still there on Spotify. It hasn't been banned. It's up there right now. You can go and listen to it. You just chants it right through the song. Woman is the nigger of the world, you know. These things can be a bit tricky. But anyway, um, these are the people who are the stepping stones, and John Lennon was one of them. And good on him that and you should get behind him even if he and even he himself said you know he had missteps along the way and that and he was only, yeah he was only a couple of steps along in his own journey towards feminism and all that sort of stuff um and all that sort of stuff you know um uh, jump onto google and read his uh recollection of when he first learned uh because he loved you know the one the people the, the two people, let's say, who blew him away when he was young, rock in the rock and roll sense, was were Elvis Presley and Little Richard. 
And he was really torn because he had loyalty to Elvis. But then he heard this song by Little Richard with Long Tall Sally. You know, I, I was in the same boat. Um, uh, you know, uh, there's a big tradition of people who you know, just see the light when it comes to Little Richard. And go, oh man, that guy is unleashed. And then you get torn because Elvis is the king, you know. Um, and, um, and then you hear Little Richard. And then John Lennon recounted how when he was a teen, he was really torn because he felt disloyal to... Elvis, when he sort of, um, he knew that he, that Little Richard was better for what he was looking for, you know, the Beatles, you know, and all that sort of stuff, and he was torn, and then someone told him, no, because he didn't have internet back then, Little Richard is a nigger. He said, what? Oh, thank God. Yeah, look this up. Now, you can smash John Lennon for having those sort of thoughts, but he was having those thoughts in the context of the society he was growing up in. So he wasn't a bad person. You know? he, wasn't, you know, he was being racist, of course. But even he said that, so you can't, you can't um, enlighten him on that. You can't say, oh, John Lennon, you're a racist, because he'll say, yeah, I knew that before you did. You know, but I'm, I'm one of those people trying to push forward. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. So I want you to get behind me. What? And I want you to listen to my song, Imagine. Yeah. Because that's um, subversive, <laughs> anarchist, Marxist, Leninist song. You know, and most people just think it's a lovely little peaceful song, you know, but it's actually really. Anyway. Um, but he's pushing things forward, and I think you've got to get behind them, all the activists along the way, and not smash them just because they didn't get you to Z. Because I've got a problem with these people that sit at A. You know, and they sit back for hundreds of years, really, in essence, in effect. You know, and then people take us from point... And they, at point A, they're all for slavery and women bare feet in the kitchen and all that sort of stuff. They, they are. They really are in their heads. You know, and even if they're in 1750 or whatever... Um, they're, they're going to stay that way, them and their descendants, if no one else disrupts that thought process because they're not the sort of people to actually rise above the background level of, um, you know, Neanderthal thinking that, uh, that most people are operating on in any age. You know, so these are the people that aren't going to rise above. And we've got people even in the modern age that are not right. You know, they're good people because they don't believe in racism. They don't believe in, and they do believe in feminism and they believe in this and that and all the good things. But the point is they're sitting just at the same level as everyone else. They've inherited all this thinking. They haven't done any thinking for themselves. I'm talking about the people who are thinking for themselves and good on them. You know, I'm one of the, you know, I haven't, I've never pushed anything forward. I'm one of those people. Just, um... Who I'm a I'm a passive beneficiary of um, the genius thinking of you know progressive people throughout the ages. Yeah, but yeah, you know, at least I'm willing to be aware of it. Yeah, you know, I don't consider myself a good person. I'm I'm sitting just yeah. You know, I'm not actually trying to push us up another level. You know, I'm just reporting here and what I hear. All right. So there are people who, you know, let's say types of people, who in 1750, they were, they were just sort of, they just went with the flow with what everyone else was thinking. 
And if you only had people like that in the world, the thinking wouldn't evolve. Yeah, but these sorts of people, the types, um, they watch all the activists along the way go through the pain. You know? and, um, and then they say nothing. You know? And then they get, to the, they get to the 21st century, 2021. Oh yeah, I believe in all the good things. No, I believe, of course I believe in, you know, all people are equal. You know, it's obvious, it's in DNA, you know. But the seven people in back in 1750 didn't know about DNA, did they? You know, so why would they even, you know, oh, I would have just guessed, you know, that um, all humans are the same species. It's stupid to think that different people are different species, you know, because it's in the DNA. They've done DNA tests. And of course, we're all the same. But how did you know that in 1750? You know, why are you smashing people back in 1800, for example, or even wondering if, you know, whoever, um, French people were the same species as English people? <laughs> no, but I could, could have used two different examples there, you know, in, uh, Indigenous Australians, you know. Um, yeah, you're so smart, you know. You would have thought that, you would have not wondered, would you? Would you have just assumed the Indigenous Australians were humans in the same way that you're a human? You know, on what basis? On a DNA basis. Yeah, but they didn't have DNA back then. Huh? And the Indigenous Australians were having the same thoughts towards you. They were wondering whether you were human too. You know? Or whether you were just the ghost of their own ancestors and all that sort of stuff. Anything could have been true. So it's not wrong for these activists back then to wonder, to ask questions and all that sort of stuff, ask the hard questions, try and push things forward. We need to get behind them and not smash them, you know, because now, um, you know, people read shipping records of, you know, ship's captains like Captain Cook or whoever. Oh, look, he said something racist there. Yeah, but he was above, enlightenment-wise, he was above most people of his time. And if you're in the 21st century, you might be less racist than him in your own time compared to him in his own, you know what I mean? You know, you've never said anything like that, like, you know, what Captain Cook said about natives or whatever. You've never shot an Indigenous Australian, you know, have you? You know? Um, but, um, buckshot, you know, because you didn't kill him. Um, but Captain Cook was trying to push forward and be more enlightened, be a better person. Are you trying to push forward in your time? Uh, is what I'm saying. You've got to get behind the people who are and not smash them. And not smash them back in time. You know, they're good people. All right, so that's that. Uh, I've got texts coming. I'm, I'm on my phone here. It's on the side and I get text messages coming through here. It's my daughter. Um asking if she can stay with another family that's trying to adopt her actually <laughs> she likes them better than us i think because <laughs> her father sits in the shed you know <laughs> this makes crappy youtube episodes for no one for no one it's a beatles anyway um i know what i'm saying i'm trying to be sensible compared to that last episode where i wasn't sensible that was nonsense and yeah this is kind of an atonement for that. You know? <laughs> this episode isn't where I'm trying to be sensible, but 
I'm, I feel like we should encourage our activists along the way. I haven't thought about it. There was someone else, actually. An archaeologist. Oh, sorry, battery low. There was an archaeologist, uh, Reese Jones. I'm listening to Deep Time Dreaming at the moment. Uh, a pod, uh, audio book written in 2018. So, um, by an Indi- no, by, no, by a European about Indigenous Australia and how far we've got so far. And it's quite an enlightened kind of book that I'm listening to, but it won't be enlightened compared to a book that's going to be written in 20 years' time. It'll still be in the Anthill. But he was talking about um, this archaeologist some 50 years ago, Reese Jones, an archaeologist, who some 40 years ago... Uh, was a co-writer on a um, uh, for a movie called The Last Tasmanian, uh, which was a hit movie at the time, and uh, but he got smashed for that and called racist and all that sort of stuff. Um, posters for the movie had you know big signs scrawled across them saying racists. You know, Reese Jones, not David Reese Jones. That's his name. His first name was Reese. His second name was Jones. I'm used to Rhys Jones being a last name, you know, hyphenated. But anyway, Rhys Jones and whoever the other guy was, David someone or something, I was just listening to it on a jog I was going on just now. Um, he um, put out this thing and he was trying to do the right thing because colonial Australia, where he, and he was Welsh actually, but the point is, it doesn't matter. Um, he was, he lived in a time where everyone had really Neanderthal thinking and what he was doing in making this movie was trying to enlighten everyone and drag us up a bit, you know. But the Indigenous Australians were already up here in terms of comprehension of Indigenous issues, way above him and way above the rest of them too. But the point is, in the European context, he was trying to push the thinking forward amongst the European community and say, listen, it's really bad what happened down in Tasmania. In fact, they were all wiped out. That was the premise for the movie. The trouble is they weren't all wiped out because there are still Tasmanian Aborigin, yeah, Aboriginal Tasmanians to this day living in Tasmania and living elsewhere. And by you know calling his um, movie The Last Tasmanian, um, that, well, he was delivering an insult to the Tasmanians that were still there, still living, you know. Uh, and... The Tasmanian he was talking about was an absolute genocide. What we did, not we, you know, ancestors. My, all my ancestors come from Tasmania. How about that? Huh? Anyway, um, we sorts of people, you know. You know, like some of us are point A type people still. We haven't done any of our own thinking, so we kind of know better, you know. Uh, it's just that we've been the beneficiaries of people who have been better. Activists, thinkers, philosophers and all that sort of stuff. They're the good people. They're trying to push us forward. And I think Reese Jones... Now, what happened What ha- What happened with him is he put out this movie along with his mate and um, it came under heavy criticism from the Indigenous Tasmanian community and the mainland Tasmanian... Uh, mainland Tasmanian... The mainland Aboriginal community too because he had only taken a baby step in the right direction because the Indigenous people knew the story that the Indigenous Tasmanians hadn't been wiped out 
um, no, the full blood, whatever you want to call it, Tasmanians had been true in um, But the um, point is, there were still heaps of descendants that were still going for land rights, for example. And if you put out a movie called The Last Tasmanian, well, in the in the sort of national consciousness, there's no more Tasmanians left then, is there? Or we don't have to worry about land rights anymore. But there were still lots of Tasmanians, Aboriginals, Aborigine, Aboriginal Tasmanians, who were still going for land rights at that point in time. And they said, hey, if you're going to put out a, a movie called The Last Tasmanian, well, how are we going to go for Aboriginal Tasmanian land rights? You know, you're insulting us. We're still here, guys. Guys, you know, we're still here. Yeah, and that's a real problem, isn't it? Um, so he came in for a hammering because he wasn't far-sighted enough, Reese Jones. Um, but the point is, he was a better person than everyone who was saying nothing because he got us to point J, you know, in our journey towards point Z. So he got us to point J. Well, that's better than point I or H. But the point is, there were a lot of people at point H and I at that point in time sat back and said nothing, waited for him to put out the movie, waited to hear all the flag and him getting smashed, and then they came in at point L and said, mm, I would have, yeah, I think this, I think, you know, I've got L thinking, he's got J thinking, I'm a better person than him because he's got J thinking and I've got L thinking. Yeah? But this person who's got L thinking he just heard it from another person, you know, who came up with K and L. And that person only came up with K and L because people like Bruce Jones had taken the baby step to point J. You know, so why smash the guys that are trying to move things forward? And apparently Bruce Jones had to grapple with this, you know, being called a racist for the rest of his life. I think that's a little bit unfair. You know, I think, get behind the poor guy. He was trying to do the right thing. He didn't quite get you to Z. Did you expect him to? You know? That's not fair. You know, at least he's trying to get us, at least he's pushing us in the right direction. Good on him. All right, so that's that. And I think these teenagers, wherever they are in the world, good on you for designing a deck of cards, which is uh, gender neutral and race neutral, or whatever it is, you know? Rachel, racially diverse. Now, you haven't quite got there. You need to go and read some marks, you know, and, and realise that, you know, a monarchy itself is a little bit unequal and a bit Neanderthal. Oh, it's worse than Neanderthal. It's chimpanzee-like. Chimpanzee-like, you know, this um, God-given birthright monarchy type stuff, you know. That's why we don't have that in Australia anymore. You know, used to have it with, you know, our head of state was appointed by God. And God gave our head of state. Well, that was actually before Australia. See, England had that a long time ago. They were like chimpanzees too, the English. Um, they had a, a monarch, like Queen Elizabeth I, for example, who derived her power from God and then passed and then used that power over her subjects, you know. But by the time Queen Elizabeth II came along, uh, it wasn't like that anymore. We weren't so chimpanzee-like. Complete, and it wasn't even that same sort of monarchy. It wasn't the same sort of structure, you know. It wasn't like that. We weren't in a chimpanzee clan anymore. Uh, Queen Elizabeth II derived her power from the people. And to this day, the people have very much have the power to just knock her off. All we need is a little referendum, and she's gone, you know. But, uh, but a lot of people actually think that if you had a referendum to get rid of the Queen, you're getting rid of 
um, the sort of monarchy that Queen Elizabeth I was um, the queen of. But you're not. It's a completely different monarchy. You know, one that um, we we run the show. You know, Queen the Queen's got no power in Australia at all. So I don't really know that there's that much reason to knock her off. You know, well, let's knock off the Queen. We don't want to be ruled by a Queen. Well, you're not being ruled by her anyway. <laughs> you know, if you think you really think you're getting ruled by the Queen of England, she can't say a thing about Australia. She's got no power whatsoever in Australia. Even uh, the, the papers. Um, from the dismissal, Whitlam, you know, John Kerr and all that sort of stuff. They were released recently, you know, because they stay secret for a long time. And we discovered even back then in the 1970s, the Queen was having no input whatsoever. She hasn't had any input into Australia for a long time. You know, so I don't know that the justification for a, a republic is really at your Cromwell level. <laughs> at this point in time, you could end up with something worse, something more king-like. You know, could end up with a Donald Trump or something, you know, if you if you got rid of the Queen. You know, the Queen's harmless as a head of state at the moment. Even the Governor-General's harmless. Um, and you want to bring in a, you know, you want to knock off these harmless people so you can put a harmful people person in. You know, you'll get someone in that acts a lot more like a king, probably, if you go to a republic now. But that's a whole other story. But all I'm saying with this episode is that I really think we should get behind our activists along the way and encourage the ones who are... Um, sticking their necks out and trying. Good on them. That's what I say. Don't smash them. You know, and that even goes for people who are technically racist. Uh, you know, like people from, let's say, the 1800s. Yeah, Captain Cooks and all those sorts of people. Um, yeah, even goes for people like that. Even ones like that that shot an Aborigine. That's terrible, you know. Um, but the point is, I think they were enlightened people and they were trying to push the thinking forward and all that sort of stuff. And even if that French um, enlightenment person, whoever it was, you know, said all oh, men must be equal and all that sort of stuff, you know, all right, smash him for forgetting that women should be equal too, you know, but don't call him a bad person because he's better than you probably would have been at the time because you wouldn't have thought about it either and you wouldn't have even thought about what he thought about, you know, because... Um, you know, um, uh, even you know Martin Luther King, for example, is standing on the shoulders of you know French giants and English giants and all that sort of stuff. Because he would never have come up, you know, just look, listen to any of his speech. I have a dream and all that sort of stuff. He's just he got those ideas from bloody white blokes <laughs> in Europe, Enlightenment thinkers. You know, um, these are you know Martin Luther King was a great guy, um, but so were. The damned racists, you know, who who were technically racists in the nineteen sixties sense, now uh, back in the, but without their ideas as racist as they were, Martin Luther King would have still believed in kings and queens and all that sort of stuff, you know. But for Luther King, Martin Luther, sorry, <laughs> you, you know what I'm getting at, um, you know, um, yeah, you need. Yeah, but to a certain extent, to get us to Z and becoming good people, you need people that are still bad, but less bad than we were prior. I think that's what I'm getting at. And, you know, you can't just come in on the 20, in the 21st century like a chauvinist and sort of say, oh, I think all these good things, this is what I think in my shed. You know, 
because I read them all on the internet and all the activists are saying them these days. You're not necessarily a good person because you're saying, because you believe in all those things. It's all those people that got, you know, because we're only up to M, I think, at the moment. Okay. So all the people, all the people that you think were horrendous people at point B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L. All those people were good people that got us to M and the person who got us to M as well. Yeah, because that wasn't me. So, you know, I like to take credit for having all these good thoughts, but it's all those people along the way. They're the real heroes. And, and that includes even the shocking, um, gender cruel, racist, um, slave owning bloody bastards at point B and C who took us on those first few baby steps. You know, good on them. At least they were pushing us forward is what I think. That's about all I've got to say about that. That was kind of my episode to try and make up for the previous episode, which is an absolute load of nonsense. And I think this one was at least an attempt to say something sensible and to say that I, I've i got the back of any activist that's trying to push us forward, like those teenagers who've made their second run of a pack of cards with monarchs on them. I'd like to see the next one. I'm sure their thinking will have evolved. They're only teenagers. They're going amazingly well. Keep up, keep it going, you know, is what I'm sort of thinking. Is my message to those kids good on them?